Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? We dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio, powered by Postano. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the world dedicated to covering the business side of sports on a global scale. Got a great show planned for you this week. Tiki Barber, the co-founder of Thuzio, the New York Giants' all-time leading rusher, CBS Sports talk show host, and a panelist at the upcoming Sports PR Summit on May 19th at Sports Illustrated in New York, is going to join us on the show this week. We're also going to talk about Ted Wells' Deflategate report. The fight of the century was the slight of the century, according to many. NFL Draft, we'll look back on that, and the Kentucky Derby, Good ratings on NBC, but do you care? Were enough people watching? I remember horse racing used to be a big deal, just like boxing. Now, not as big of a deal. Joining me in studio is our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Howdy. Griggs, we're also on uh, Periscope right That's now. That's right. So, uh, this is exciting. I like this. Yeah. Selfie recordings. Selfie recordings <laughs> and uh, people getting to see... Uh, the studio here a little bit. We got some golf on. Players. It's uh, it's a happening studio. Lots going on, and uh, it's sunny outside. And Obama's coming to town today. Yeah, and uh, Voodoo Donuts, which many people who visit Portland come to Voodoo Donuts. It's become like this cult thing that yep. people have to stop by when they're in Portland, Oregon. Yep. So uh, they've prepared some. I saw one of them. Special President Obama yeah. donuts. <laughs> I love Portland. <laughs> so quirky. It is a quirky, quirky town if you have not been here. So let's talk about the show this week, Griggs. Um, Ted Wells' Deflategate report is out. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, hey, I knew it. The Patriots cheated. And now they're going to get what's been coming to them for a long, long time. Other people said there wasn't enough conclusion in the report to punish any one person uh what are your thoughts 200 and what 45 pages in the 243 report? pages 43 in the pages. report uh that's a lot of information on deflating some balls but you know it sounds like i don't know i haven't read the report but what i've seen so far on twitter and news it seems like they found enough to somewhat prove this uh so now i'm, I'm more interested in the punishments what, what's the nfl going to do now that's the important part to me to see how they react to it and what they do with tom brady and the clan well, and the interesting part of Deflategate to me is you've had all of these high-profile, off-the-field domestic violence, child abuse uh, instances in the NFL. We've seen what those punishments are. What is the punishment going to be for something that challenges the integrity of the game, but is not nearly as serious as what Ray Rice did, what Adrian Peterson did, what other players have done, Greg Hardy? So where is this going to fall in line with that? Will there be a suspension? That's going to be interesting. A lot of people have asked me as a, as a PR expert to weigh in on this. And what I've said is you're probably not going to hear from Tom Brady because of the fact that anything he says could be used in court later on. I will be surprised if he is suspended, if there's not some sort of a lawsuit or legal action taken by either Brady, 
the Patriots are both saying, look, there's just not enough conclusive ad- evidence. The one thing that was really interesting in the report, Griggs, is the text that went back and forth between the equipment manager and the person who handles the footballs for the Patriots. Uh, the thing that was also interesting is Tom Brady would not hand over his phone so you could see communications on his phone. But he did spend a day with the Ted Wells investigator, so it's not like he tried to, to elude this report altogether. So um, it's going to be interesting to see Troy Vincent, who is in charge of discipline for the NFL, played in the NFL for 15 years. Where is he going to fall on this? He played against Tom Brady. This is really his first big test. According to people that I've spoken with in the NFL, uh, they are really going to let Troy Vincent take the lead on this. And Roger Goodell will give his blessing, but Troy Vincent will be the one to determine, is there a suspension? Who's getting suspended? How long will those suspensions be? That will be something that uh, many people around the NFL will look to because you know that if the Patriots don't get a suspension or it's a light suspension, people are going to go, ah, it's the relationship between Pat's owner Robert Kraft and Tom Brady and uh, Roger Goodell. You know, it's a good old boys club and they didn't come down on the Patriots nearly as hard as they did on the New Orleans Saints or someone where that relationship may not have been as strong. So that's going to be something that's definitely interesting to watch. Yeah, and it's always going to be that compare thing too. You know, they're going to look at past past events and what NFL's done and see how it's reacted and see what's happened here and what's happened here. And, you know, it's just... It's the soap opera that is the NFL. It continues. It's always off the field stuff. There's so much stuff that ends up being off the field and in courts and and all that. And sadly enough, I think it's fans get into it. I mean, I think the news NFL season's not even going now, and here the NFL is front and center. Well, here's the other thing that I'll say is so we just had the NFL draft, and uh, without going into specifics, let's just say there were several players that have had questionable off the field track records. I think is the probably the most political correct way to put it NFL teams are still bringing those players in and there's still bidding wars for those players and they're still sought after and three four five years from now if any of those players become the next Aaron Hernandez will any of us be surprised if any of them become the next Greg Hardy or Ray Rice will any of us really be that surprised so you know while the NFL has cracked down on uh, discipline and they've got this new discipline staff in place they're still continuing to bring athletes into the league that have questionable track records off the field. And you really can't be that shocked if down the road, those players who have questionable paths run into trouble off the field. But overall, NFL draft, I thought, you know, after the first few picks, I wasn't that interested. Everyone here in Oregon wanted to see where does Marcus Mariota go or Marcus Mariotto, <laughs> Oregon, <laughs> from Oregon, according to Commissioner Goodell, and he did call Marcus Mariota and personally apologize to him for the mispronunciation, mis- mispronunciation, as I mispronounced that, of his name. But uh, after that, I really didn't have much interest in the draft. I, I think there was no real surprise. There were all these, you know, trades that supposedly were going to happen, especially at that number two spot with Tennessee, but. They never really materialized. Yeah, I agree with you, too. I think the uh, first round of the NFL draft is always the interesting one to see where the top picks go. And like you said, especially with Oregon and the ties there with us locally. But, um, yeah, I, I, I watched the first round, and that was it. I didn't watch Friday. I didn't watch the rest of the weekend. And I just kind of followed along Twitter and, and through uh, you know s- sports on, on the news and TV. And that's kind of all I followed. I didn't really care after the first round. So here's the real question for you. Yeah. Did you watch 
the fight of the century, which some people have now referred to as the slight <laughs> of the century between Manny Pacquiao and uh, Floyd Mayweather. I did not watch it. However, I did follow as much as I could through Twitter, and that was kind of fun, actually, just seeing all the different tweets. And 11 million tweets around yeah, that fight. 11 yeah. million. And that's kind of how I viewed it, which was kind of fun because I didn't really view it, but I, I knew what was going on just by following the tweets. So that was kind of fun. And uh, yeah, all kinds of obviously controversy afterwards and, and the injury and everything else. But there is so much money in that. It was unbelievable seeing some of those figures that were coming out. It's crazy. Well, you know, they say uh, a few hundred million dollars. But the thing that I'm interested in is the lawsuits that will follow. There have been lawsuits filed against Manny Pacquiao, who uh, Bob Arum, the promoter for Pacquiao, came out after the fight and disclosed that Pacquiao was injured about two and a half weeks before the fight. He needed to have serious shoulder surgery that's going to keep him out nine to 12 months. So now, I mean, think of the trickle effect. You've got the people who paid top dollar to attend the fight. You've got the people who flew to Vegas to watch the fight. You've got the people who bet on the fight. You've got the people who paid pay-per-view for the fight, and they're now all feeling cheated because they feel like, you know what, Pacquiao really never had a chance in this fight because he was basically fighting with one arm. He didn't throw the number of punches that he usually does, and he knew going in that he wasn't going to win because he wasn't at 100%. So, you know, we're going to see a bunch of lawsuits. Then on the other side, we see that Pacquiao promoters and HBO and Showtime potentially also involved have said, you know what? Number of people watched this fight for free. It was $100. A lot of people watched it on Periscope and on their mobile apps and didn't pay for the fight. So now, you know, will there be suits against Periscope and other entities that showed the fight unlicensed that's going to be the aftermath of this. I can tell you this right now. Uh, I'm not interested in a rematch. I don't think the public is interested in a rematch. I still think it would make money. But it's kind of like you fooled us once. You're not going to fool us again. And I'm done with the two of them. There was so much hype leading up to this fight. I never really took it that seriously because both fighters are past their prime. Um, but it was a big deal. A lot of people made a lot of money off of this. Mm -hmm. Mayweather, who already... You know, nickname Money Mayweather has more money, and Pacquiao has a lot of money, too. Um, you know, that's their 401ks. They don't need to fight ever again, even though Mayweather has said, I'm going to fight one more time in September, and I'll fight Pacquiao again beyond that if he wants to fight again. Yeah, I'm just, I've never been a huge boxer or into boxing that much, but I just kind of, you know, follow along just because, like, the hype was built up so crazy, and, uh, and just uh, seeing how they, you know, just the buildup on it was insane. So I, I, I followed it, but I'm, I've never been a big guy. I would never pay for it, hundred bucks. So um, I could care really care less if there's a rematch. But I'm sure they'll hype it again if there is. Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of people made a lot of money off of this, and I just feel like it was a sham because these two fighters passed their prime. Pacquiao not healthy. I mean, that's a major injury that keeps you at 9 to 12 months. It's not like, you know, he had a sprain or some minor type of thing. So, we'll see. Uh, Kentucky Derby had record TV ratings, or at least the best ratings in the last 16 years. Um, I didn't watch. I know you didn't watch. No. But, uh, you know, good, good news for uh, NBC, who had the race. There was some interest in it. You know, now... Will anyone have interest? I think people will watch the next race of the Triple Crown. Yeah. And, you know, if there's a chance at a Triple Crown with a third race, they'll they'll tune into that. But other than that, horse racing and boxing, eh. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think with the, 
the triple crown as that builds and if if the one of the horse the horse that won the derby wins the next one then I I'm, I'll be in watching the triple crown for sure I think as it builds I do get back into it uh, it is a pretty sport it's fun I mean NBC does a great job covering it it's uh, the day looks cool the course looks cool I mean it's it's a very colorful sport so it does look good on HD on TV but I just I don't usually get into it till maybe the next race and especially if the the horse wins again and they're going for that triple crown for sure. All right, when we come back, we are going to catch up with Tiki Barber, the co-founder of Thuzio, New York Giants all-time leading rusher, CBS Sports Radio talk show host, and a panelist at my upcoming Sports PR Summit on May 19th at Sports Illustrated in New York. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more powered by Postano. SBR will be right back. Hi, it's Brian Berger. Here at Sports Business Radio, we are proud to work with our partners, Pastano. They make a sports-proven visual marketing platform that I've personally been amazed to see. Teams like the Dallas Cowboys, Boston Red Sox, LA Kings, and Cleveland Cavaliers all use Pastano to engage their fans. When sports teams and fans tell their stories together, amazing things can happen. Every fan has a story. Whether you want to put selfies on the Jumbotron, create a dynamic social media command center, or activate a hashtag campaign on your website, Pistano can design an amazing social experience true to your brand. Even better, using the Pistano platform can pay for itself through selling sponsorships. As an example, the Kings sell sponsor space to Toyota and other clients and run the ads using Pistano. Want to see what your team's social content could look like? Schedule a demo today. Go to pistano.com slash sports. If you're a fan of this podcast, you understand the real power of engaging your fans. And these guys get it. That is P-O-S-T-A-N-O dot com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. My guest is Tiki Barber. He's the co-founder of Thuzio. He's the New York Giants all-time leading rusher. CBS Sports Radio talk show host, and he's a panelist at the upcoming Sports PR Summit on May 19th at Sports Illustrated in New York. Tiki, welcome to Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. So, first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on May 19th uh, in New York at the Sports PR Summit. Really interested in your thoughts on our sports and society panel, how conversations and sports shape larger conversations in society. We've seen that so many times in the last year, whether it was, you know, with Ray Rice and domestic violence or Adrian Peterson and child abuse or good things like the ice bucket challenge. Um, lots of those conversations that kind of start in sports become bigger conversations in the general world. Don't you find that? No, you definitely see that. You see it around all kinds of uh, things in in our society because water cooler talk or uh, talking with your friends is often centered around the game that you are mutually watching or have a care about. And so the actions, either on the field or off the field, become talking points. And then they start relating to your regular your regular existence. And that's, that's, it makes it pretty awesome and compelling uh, for athletes because you're able to extend your brand a little bit. You're able to take stances for things, whether it be charities or otherwise, and really influence uh, society, and I think that's very powerful. You know, it's interesting. Uh, for the last maybe 10, 15 years, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, they were afraid to take a stance on anything. It doesn't seem like that in the last year or two. LeBron James, many other athletes are taking a stance politically or against some of the bigger issues out there. Have you been surprised that that tide has kind of turned? 
I, I a little bit because as Michael Jordan said, Republicans buy sneakers too. You know, it's always cognizant when you're selling a product. But I think the shift has happened because of social media and a general awareness about the everyday lives of athletes, and as a result, their brands matter matter a lot, and what they stand for matters a lot. I know this is what we do. We don't get a request for. Well, you've got a, a smart panel that you're on. Jay Williams from ESPN, Derek Mason, who you know from the NFL, played wide receiver for 15 years, Derek Hall, the president of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and Mike Bass, who's in charge of communications for the NBA. So I'm looking forward to that panel. Tell me about what's going on at Thusia. I know I had you on a few months back, and you're doing some terrific things with that company, and I'm watching your growth. How's everything going? It's been fantastic. It's, obviously, we had our, our Series A about a year and a half ago, and you know, as you grow, you have to have reasonable money. So we'll have another, we'll have a Series B in a few more months uh, because we're expanding. Uh, and I, you know, but just to explain it over over again, Thuzio started as a B to C company. We're connecting athletes with their communities or talent, uh, or, or, or the talent with uh, people in the community who wanted to book them. Uh, but now we shifted primarily to business focus. We're B to B in a lot of ways, helping corporations with with speaking engagements or or executive dinners or things of that nature. Uh, but also, and more importantly, because this has become the most exciting thing that I think we've done, uh, is create the Thuzio Executive Club, which is some of our highest-end talent, like the Roger Clements of the world or, or CeCe Sabathie or Lawrence Taylor, getting into a room with business executives across all types of industries. We like to say from banking uh, to bakeries. Uh, and, and having a networking event and then a very intimate and detailed conversation that is that is very memorable. My co-founder, Mark Gerson, who founded the Gerson Learman Group, likes to say we want to put on and present the most interesting business engagement of your week, of your month, of your year, and we continually strive to do that, and we succeed very, very often. So if I'm a CEO listening to this show right now and I want to get someone like Roger Clemens or CC Sabathia or I've seen Ronda Rousey is out there as a possibility yep. at my corporate event, do I go to Thusio.com and, and go from there? Well, what Thusio has done, and we've, we've just rebranded uh, how, we, how we present Thusio.com, which is our core business, in addition to the Thusio Executive Club. But Thusio.com is really a 360 analysis of what it costs or what it takes, or what the strengths are uh, to book the talent that we have out there. So, if you want to, if you want to book, a, let's say a Michael Strahan, you know that he's good at public speaking. You know that he's great with kids and engaging in a corporate conversation. You know that he can do that. But how much does it cost? We give you an idea so that when you're budgeting or thinking about uh, how you want to uh, uh, capitalize uh, on this opportunity, we give you intel on that and. Uh, and as an extension, you can book directly through us as opposed to having to get to a negotiation, which can often be tedious. No, I think it's a brilliant idea, as I told you before, because so many people want it 
athletes to come to their corporate event, whether it's a golf outing or, like you said, an executive club type of situation where they can get in front of their employees or VIPs, and they go, well, I don't know the agent's contact information. And a lot of times you go to the team and the team doesn't respond. So to have this as an option is, is a terrific idea. Let's talk a little bit about deflate gate the report from ted wells came out this week i know you've been talking about it on your show on cbs sports oh, radio yeah. uh How do you ignore it <laughs> yeah you know you played in the nfl you've played against tom brady you know what the patriots are uh when you look at this and you look at the report where do you fall well it's interesting you know because there's so many things that are still unanswered and so many questions that, that, that now get risen in my mind. Like, did Ryan Grigson in the NFL, because Ryan Grigson is the Colts general manager, basically requested that they get checked. Was this like a sting? You know, why, why didn't they just tell them, those teams have a concern about this, we're going to check this on a regular basis, make sure that the balls are properly inflated, as opposed to playing the gotcha game which then led to this investigation, obviously, put the black eye on the National Football League. And really, because you remember this, around the Super Bowl, it dominated, right? We didn't even talk about the Seattle Seahawks uh, and the New England Patriots playing. It was probably one of the most interesting Super Bowls we've had in a while. We talked about the flight game for 10 days, and I don't think that's good for the National Football League. Uh, with that being said, having played the games, having been around locker rooms, having been around equipment uh, managers, there is a lot that goes into getting a quarterback comfortable with the football like Eli likes ball stuffed up and you know and, and, and used and so the grip is better and it's easy for wide receivers to catch the ball um, Aaron Rodgers talked about how he likes the footballs very inflated so how do we know that they're not overinflated and Tom Brady like a lot of guys wants it a little bit less deflated so I can't sit here and condemn Tom Brady who it seems like a lot of this fault has, has come down on I can't condemn him for telling an equipment manager I want it just a little bit less inflated not telling him to make it illegally underinflated. Uh, and so I know that the NFL has to do something because the integrity of the game, when I put that in air quotes, is under question. But it just feels like there's just still so many unanswered questions after six months of Ted Wells trying to figure out what's going on. Well, and it seems to me like if the NFL does come out and levy some sort of suspension against Tom Brady, there's going to be an appeal. There's going to be some legal action taken by Brady and his team because, like you said, there are so many unanswered questions as part of this. I think they'd say, how can you find conclusive evidence that we did do something wrong? Yeah, well, the problem is there isn't conclusive evidence. You know, we spent all morning talking about this, and it was, it was along the lines of, okay, I don't know, but I think. Right? I, don't, I, I think doesn't, doesn't lend itself to a suspension or a penalty of some sort. Uh, and yeah, you could say there's conduct detrimental, but you could you could literally go to any any team in the National Football League and probably find or come to a similar similar conclusion. Uh, you know, just talking casually amongst friends and, and football fans uh, who I, who I'm close with, it, it all comes down to one thing. It seems like a lot of teams, organizations, and fans across the country or whatever don't like the New England Patriots for whatever reason. Uh, and any any way you can play gotcha uh, with the New England Patriots seems to fly. Give me some insight into Troy Vincent, because many people say that he's the guy that's going to be tasked with coming up with the penalty or whatever the conclusion may be here for the NFL, and that Roger Goodell would give his blessing, but it's really Troy Vincent who has this first big test in this position. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I've played against Troy for a lot of years, and as the Eagles-Giants rivalries, and you know, after losing out uh, as the head of the NFLPA, he found a reprieve at a landing spot 
with the NFL. And I think the good thing, I think from a player perspective, you look at Troy and say, he's been in the locker room, right? He's not he's not preaching from on high in the ivory tower, right. talking about a utopia the way it should be. He can actually give you a perspective on how it actually is and actually what goes on. And so given that, I think the penalty won't be extensive. I don't. I mean, could, I've heard people say this is a report out of the Miami Herald. Uh, he could be Tom Brady could be suspended for a year, and, and that just doesn't resonate with me after uh, my experience as an NFL player. And I think the same could be said for Troy. It is a great test for him. Uh, ultimately, he has to weigh, uh, you know, what he knows from being a player versus what the league is expecting from being a disciplinarian. Well, and the other tough thing for the NFL is people aren't just looking at this out of the, you know, did he cheat, did he not cheat lens. When you look at what a penalty could be, you have to look at what the NFL gave to Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice, and Greg Hardy. And if you gave Tom Brady more of a penalty than those guys, how could you justify that when their actions were, by many people's opinions, much worse than taking some air out of a football? You're right. And those, those, those indiscretions were legally, you know, legal. they were legally a, a problem. They were but the, the actual rule of law, you know, beyond the reasonable doubt, you know, things of that nature, as opposed to this is the internal uh, organ, uh, investigation that was done with the National Football League, and that wasn't even conclusive. So, if you throw that into the court of law, and I don't even think you could you could pass it. You could get a civil conviction uh, for Tom Brady or the New England Patriots. So, you're right. There are a lot of things to take into consideration, and ultimately, I don't think there should or will be anything done. But it, it's hard to say because there's a lot of pressure coming from a lot of different angles. Last question before I let you go. So Jameis Winston, number one pick in the recent NFL draft. Like you just said, you played a long time in the NFL. You've been in the locker room. If Jameis Winston walks into your locker room as a rookie, what are you doing from a player standpoint to try and set him up for success? Well, the the first thing you're doing is is, is telling him that this is a group of men uh, whose livelihoods are at stake. And for a lot of them, especially on the offense, out of the ball, uh, it depends on you, right? how you're going to lead them, how you're going to uh, understand a game plan and get the ball into their hands. Uh, so as much as it's fun uh, to play the game, it's also a business. Uh, that, that's number one. And then number two, just encourage them to uh, you know, keep realized and be cognizant of everybody's eyes being on you. Uh, it's interesting. My brother played Tampa, as you know, and so uh, he's been down there his entire basically professional life since he graduated from college in 97. And a lot of people get this, have this sense that Tampa's a, small, a big city, right? It's a big place. You can do whatever you want and get away with everything. But in actuality, Tampa is tiny, and everybody knows everybody's business. So anything that you do, whether if it's, if it's off of, you know, if it's not on the straight and narrow, people are going to find out about it and, uh, and not give you the benefit of the doubt. So be aware of your environment. It's, it's really the biggest thing you can tell Jameis Winston because I know he has the work ethic. I know he has the, the football IQ, the, the intellectual capacity to do it. It's all the other stuff that becomes distractionary that you got to be wary of. Tiki Barber, co-founder of Thuzio. Find them at Thuzio.com. New York Giants all-time leading rusher. You can hear him weekdays on CBS Sports Radio with Tiki and Tierney. And... Looking forward to meeting you at the upcoming Sports PR Summit on May 19th at Sports Illustrated. Tiki Barber, thank you so much for taking the time. It was my pleasure, Brian. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a, in a couple months. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Actually, actually no, in a couple weeks. A couple weeks. May 19th is coming out quickly. Yep.
Take care. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. Powered by Postano. My name is Sophia Berger. I want to tell you about the Pixie Project. The Pixie Project matches pets to the right people. The Pixie Project takes pride in finding matches for both people and animals. The Pixie Project also offers low-cost veterinary assistance. My family worked with the Pixie Project to adopt a lovable puppy, Scotty. He's a great addition to our family. So if you get a dog or cat, kitten or puppy, you should go to the Pixie Project. To learn more about the Pixie Project, visit them at www.pixieproject.org. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. We are back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks to our guest, Tiki Barber, the co-founder of Thusio. Follow them on Twitter at Thusio or just go to Thusio.com. That's T-H-U-Z-I-O. Uh, New York Giants all-time leading rusher. Always interesting to get his perspective on things. Looking forward to meeting him in person on May 19th at Sports Illustrated at our Sports PR Summit. Thank you to our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Doug Zanger, and Diane Penny, who is our new VP of Partnership Solutions. Thanks to our friends at Pistano for powering Sports Business Radio. Follow them online at Pistano.com or on Twitter at Pistano. And Griggs, I'm excited about heading to New York we're doing our Sports PR Summit at Sports Illustrated for the first time this year. I'm going to be doing a, a panel discussion with John Wartime, the executive editor of Sports Illustrated, Chris Stone, the managing editor of Sports Illustrated, and Richard Deitch, who is a sports media critic for Sports Illustrated. Very outspoken on Twitter. Great follow on Twitter, by the way, if you don't follow him, at Richard Deitch. Um, I'm interested in their perspective and yep. how things are changing with the media landscape, you see an entity like the Players' Tribune, Derek Jeter's new venture, come onto the scene this year, and a lot of athletes are opting to go tell their story via that platform because there's no third party. They can just say exactly what they want to fans. Nothing's lost in translation. Entities like Sports Illustrated, ESPN, having to work harder to get those exclusive interviews. You know, Obviously, Sports Illustrated had the LeBron James news first, they had Jason Collins news first, but will they have those exclusives and those you know abilities to break news and and go in depth in their magazine and all online in the future? That's interesting for me to find out from them. Um, we've got some great panelists there. Chauncey Billups, a guy that I've always looked up to as far as how he conducted himself during his pro basketball career, 2004 Finals MVP. He'll be one of our featured conversations. Tiki Barber, who we just had on the show this week, will be there. Jay Williams from ESPN. And uh, many senior PR executives from across the sports world at the league team and brand level will be there. If you want to find out more information, go to sportsprsummit.com. But pretty excited to go out to New York. I'm actually going to see Larry David's new play, too. He's got (laughs) a sold-out play on Broadway, uh, Rita Wilson, the wife of Tom Hanks, is in it. Rosie Perez is in the play. So, yeah, that's been a bucket list thing for me is yep. to see Larry David. I wasn't a huge Seinfeld fan, but I'm a huge Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. 
So the opportunity to see Larry David on Broadway is yeah. going to be pretty cool. Plus, it's Broadway. I mean, can't go wrong. It's Broadway. It's going to be awesome. And yeah. I agree with you. I wasn't a big Seinfeld guy either, but Curb was next level. And he obviously is an amazing writer and uh, and other things. He's a very creative guy. But the uh, Sports PR Summit is going to be a great event. So follow if you can't be there, follow along on Twitter. And you'll kind of, you know, you can kind of get the insight of what's going on with who, who's there and who's speaking and who's talking. And it's going to be cool. And you'll post up stuff afterwards too on the site with pictures and everything like that too. So it'll be fun. Yeah, you can follow me at SB Radio. But if you want to follow the event on May 19th, follow at Sports PR Summit. Or you can just go to the hashtag Sports PR Summit. Last year we were trending on Twitter. There's yep. a lot of conversation around our event. So May 19th, put that on your calendar. It's a full day event. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Just go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 100 business news podcast. You can also find our show on TuneIn Radio and the Stitcher app. Follow me on Twitter, like I just said, at SB Radio. B Grizzle, what's your uh, your handle? B B Grizzle two two two. B Grizzle two two two. What's the two two two? Well, my my basketball number, my number all the way through was twenty two, and of course that was taken. That handle was taken, so okay. I just had another two. Why not? So there's another. <laughs> there's a B Grizzle twenty two out uh, there. Must be, yeah. So you got to go three two. Yeah. All so. right. Well, our Twitter feed at SB Radio was named to the top one hundred sports business must follows on Twitter by Forbes for twenty fourteen. So. Pay attention, and uh, we promise to keep you entertained and informed. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bowl Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, uh, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. 